Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. What if God started changing lives because of a connection to a particular nutrition store? Well, we're going to talk about that today and more. This is the Engaging Missions Show, Episode 209, with Mark McGoldrick. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by, or if you're subscribed, thanks for subscribing to the show. It's great to have you here. We believe that every missionary and church planter deserves to be heard and loved, and every believer deserves to participate in what God is doing. This week, we're going to be talking about how God transformed our guest's family, how he called him into ministry, and then redirected and continues to direct him. It's really powerful stuff. I have a podcast recommendation for you, brought to you by missionalaudio.com. I have another something for you to listen to that I'm going to share. And then also I have a flurry of feedback, and this is going to be an opportunity for you as well. So you're going to want to stick around to the end. I want to welcome Bill, Jerry, Kevin, and Steve, who all recently liked the Facebook page. Thank you so much. And I also want to mention that I am in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative. You can find out more information about that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash fund16. I do want to tell you that this conversation with Mark was incredibly encouraging. I really enjoyed it, and I think that you're going to enjoy it as well. All right, today we have with us Mark McGoldrick. He's been with Crew for over 30 years now. He's worked in a variety of different spaces, more recently in city reaching and church planting, but they have some really cool stuff that's been going on recently that we're going to talk about today. So Mark, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Brian. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. It's great to connect with you. You know, we before this, we hadn't really met, but I'm so looking forward to hearing what God's been doing. And we're going to do something a little bit different. Normally, we start out kind of getting to know you a little bit, but today I want to jump right in because you mentioned that there's some stuff going on with your work in an unconventional place. Can you share with us what that is and what's going on? Yeah, I've always had a hobby of going to the gym, exercising, lifting weights, running outdoors is a real real passion of mine. I got that from my father who loved the outdoors and took me hunting and fishing and, but also had a little weight set in our home. And always, I remember him exercising every day and just keeping in real good shape. And that just has become a passion of mine, I suppose you would say. So when someone said, gosh, you, have you checked into that new nutrition store that's in Roswell where we live? I said, yeah, I have to go in there and see. I've seen their billboard and see if those guys are really as big as they look on that billboard. And so I walked (laughs) in, met the owner, and as I introduced myself like I normally do, I began talking about spiritual things, and I asked him where he stood spiritually. He said, 
I'm growing, I'm learning, and I'm especially coming into contact with people like yourself and a guy named Dave. Hmm. Dave is a fellow who owned a landscaping company who had had a sordid past. He had gotten involved in the whole stripping scene and clubs in Atlanta, was making a lot of money through his landscaping company, Had was fairly involved with the whole drug sex, et cetera, scene. He was well known for his prowess. He, though, about three years ago, came to the end of himself where the company was failing. His marriage had failed Mm -hmm. due to many other relationships that he had started outside of his marriage. And God just allowed this man to experience a supernatural encounter with God where it felt like to him a lightning bolt did not literally go through his head and out his feet. But while some men were praying for him on a men's retreat, he had this supernatural experience. So this guy at the nutrition store said, if you want to hear this guy's story, he's going to be here in a, in a week and he's going to set up a tent and barbecue and, and just say, meet it all about health to come in here about my story. So I thought, good night. I can't wait to hear this. This is going to be really interesting. So when I showed up, 40, 50 people I gathered from his background, from the whole bodybuilding, weight training, gym, venue kind of thing. And I just was amazed at this guy's story. But Mm. it was pretty evident that no one had kind of helped him with his story, hadn't helped him with being able to lead people to Christ, he was zealous about Jesus and all Jesus had done in his heart, but no one had ever just kind of taken him under their wing. And I met with him to say, hey, can I help you in some way to learn how to actually see people come to Christ and begin discipling them so that they can in turn come to lead others to Christ and disciple others? So, boy, that was about a year ago, and since then, we have had, oh, numerous people come to Christ, numerous people be baptized, and it's spread to where this group he got started, they now call themselves the Men of 300, Mm. and meet at this nutrition store weekly. It grew from 20 to 30 to 40. There's been at least 100 men go through there who've heard the gospel and have started growing, being in a either Bible studies now that have spawned off this into the third and fourth generation to, it's just, I mean, they're, they're well known. Let's just say that because they're very visible type people, the kind that when you walk in, you would see them walk into a restaurant, all eyes turn, that type of thing. And it has now been able to see two or three other fellows that was in that whole stripping venue with him in the earlier years come to Christ as well. So we're we're seeing some amazing salvation and discipleship and multiplication through that particular genre or venue of people. Very encouraging. Wow. That is that is incredible. And you know, I as you're sharing the story, I'm kind of visualizing in my head a bunch of guys all pretty big, probably yeah. some of them tattooed up, probably looking a bit rough. Yeah. But what is it like when you walk up and you begin to see the love of God in their eyes and what, and you start to hear what God's done in their lives? Well, you know, I, we videoed these guys getting up and giving their testimony. I've used my church after everybody's left. They'll allow me to use the baptismal because we'll have each one of them share their three to five, seven minute story 
of their conversion. And almost to a T, all these men are in their 20s, 30s, even 40s and 50s. And that's not something you see a lot of people later on in life, especially guys that have been involved pretty heavily with the whole drug, alcohol, sex scene. It's it's amazing. And they all are either business owners or they're, they're just that kind of personality. They're out there. And so they talk about Jesus wherever they go and, and words getting out. I know just this past week, a bunch of them went to one of the nearby high school football teams and shared with them before the game, you know, just talking about, look at the transformation if you allow God to change you from the inside out, amazing things can happen in your life and in those around you. So their fame is spreading. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's pretty incredible. So this is now 2017 as we're recording this. So it's been roughly a year, about 2016. But you've been with Crew now for over 30 years. I, that's, that's, a, that's a really long time for a lot of people to be in ministry. What's kept you going through all of those things, because there are, there are ups and there are downs in those times. Right, right. It all started, Brian, back when I came to Christ early on in life was because my father was transformed in this same way. He was mm. a clubber himself, what you might call. He and my mother loved dancing, loved drinking, and, and every weekend they usually were out with friends partying and But the alcohol got really, really a hold of my dad when I was closing in on 10 years old. He would come home after, you know, being maybe even gone two or three days on one of his binges. And he and my mother would get into these horrific fights and I would be the kid breaking them up, you know, or in some cases they had both come to the end of themselves and even attempted suicides. And that type of thing just rattled me to, you know, to no end to be taken to neighbors or relatives house to stay for periods of time while both of them are recovering. I mean, it's that terrible, but at 10 years old is when my mother kicked him out of the house, said, you've got to, you'll never come back until you get your life together. And he went to Alcoholics Anonymous, but a man there explained to my father how he could have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And my dad, who was not a religious person at all, I don't even remember going to church, but maybe once or twice in my life up to that point. And when he came home and after spending weeks and months with this fellow that was discipling him, in fact, a transformation was happening in my dad's life. And my mother knew that a change happened when he just begged her to move out of downtown Atlanta, away from the bars and clubs and go out to the suburbs so he wouldn't have that temptation. And we moved out and started attending a church. He started leading the youth, even though he knew nothing about the Bible, but he attempted with all of his heart to see a change happen in the community as well. He joined the Ackworth City Council to clean up the city. My mother started the Ackworth Housing Authority to help build homes for the poor. I mean, their transformation went from the inside all the way out to every sphere of influence. They, all my relatives were lost and they shared with their, all their hearts that, look, you can see the difference in our lives. You know, our lives have been a wreck. You've got to give your life to Christ. And my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, my 
relatives gave their lives to Christ, and we just began to see this amazing change happen. And so it wasn't too long. I was 15, 16 years old. We encountered, there was a thing called at that time, a lay witness mission where people would come around to your church and share their stories while they stayed in their home, in your homes. And I remember Mm -hmm. seeing such a amazing glow and, and joy of Jesus in these people's lives. I want what they had. And that's when they shared, well, the missing link, if you haven't done this, is to allow Jesus Christ to be Lord, ruler, boss, call the shots in your life. And we as a family did that when I was around 16. And that's when, boy, things took off. The Cruz High School ministry at that time trained us in sharing our faith, trained us in beginning Bible studies. And we just saw amazing things happen on the high school level. And that's that's what sustained me was not only the change in my parents' life and my life, but seeing the impact when I went on to University of Georgia and and began reaching out into the athletic dorm and the fraternity house and the apartment complex and everywhere I went, just throwing the net out there to see who would respond, seeing lives change. That transformation is what makes it all worth it. Wow. I, I love that story. The, the thing that stood out to me is that what you've seen God do in your father's life and in your mother's life is now what you're seeing him do in the lives of the people that you're ministering to. That, that to me just speaks of the incredible power and the incredible sameness of God. You know, he, he's re, he reveals himself in different ways, but he's the same God. And man, that that is incredible. We'll, we'll come back a little bit more to you know your experience in high school and, and your calling. But I just realized we haven't really shared with people what it is that Crew does. Can you share with us a little bit more about Crew? Yeah, and most people will remember the name Campus Crusade for Christ. The name changed about five years ago when they found that there were certain words within Campus Crusade <laughs> for Christ yeah. that wasn't really indicative of what our ministry really does. Crew has at least 17 different divisions or arms that they most people are familiar with the college, the campus uh, or high school mm-hmm. ministry because of it being a youth division since the early 50s. But also there was a real movement of God's Spirit through crew in the 60s and 70s, training laymen to reach out in their sphere of influence using a little booklet called the Four Spiritual Laws. So most people, that's that's the thing that when they think of Campus Crusade, they think of those things. But now we have branched out into Cruise City is the division I'm under where cities across America are banding together to say, how can we reach the city's influential leaders? Mm. Or how can we reach the millennials in the city? Or how can we reach the, there's also the inner city aspect of crew, the military, prison, all these different divisions. But But now what we're thinking through is what are some simple, easy-to-use tools that we can put in the hands of your average layman who Mm -hmm. could begin ministries in his or her's neighborhood where they work or where they spend their leisure, you know, whether that is the gym or the golf, tennis, hunting, fishing, whatever it may be. All of us have been given what we call our oikos, which is Greek for family, friends, those who are in our immediate sphere of influence, and just begin to throw the net out 
and just say, who would be interested in getting together to talk more about God's word and, 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 and just discover for yourself how powerful God's word is. So as people will hear, if they were to go online, they could hear my wife's story of even in the neighborhood here in the nineties, when both of us had this, you know, little, two little kids running around the house Deb couldn't do campus ministry or citywide ministry anymore. She was a mother and said, okay, Lord, as I stroll these kids around my neighborhood, what is it you want to do here? And a flyer arrived in her mailbox from a group of ladies, about five. We have about 350 homes in our neighborhood saying Mm. we're starting a neighborhood Bible study who would like Mm. to attend. Well, that's when Deb said, as she went, wow, Mark, you're not going to believe this, but these women have a heart to see this neighborhood reach for Christ. Well, as the year went on, they could tell this woman really knows the word and began to ask her to lead it. Well, the short story of it all has been that that neighborhood Bible study has been going on for 28 years now and has expanded to hundreds of neighborhoods all across Atlanta, the United States, and now the world. And and to go on her site, NBS, to the numeral 2go.com, will let you see the tools and easy strategy that her and a group of women have developed where anyone could lead a neighborhood Bible study. Well, that's when I began to transition more into marketplace ministry because all those women had husbands who were in the marketplace. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like easy picking to just go... And just to go to those men and go, you've seen the change in your wife. Would you like to put your faith and trust in God? And just saw so many men come to Christ and begin to pull them in a study. And that's when I switched from more of a campus ministry to a city ministry because I began to equip those men to go into Coca-Cola, Delta. You know, Atlanta has so many huge headquarters here and teaching them to have Bible studies and outreach at their place of work. So we've been, I've been doing that for since 2003, and now there's a real movement going on around the world with easy-to-use tools that are on this website, noplaceleft.net. So anyone who wants to see a very simple evangelism tool and discipleship tools we are now using those in conjunction with other organizations and other people in our city, but also around the United States. It's very, very encouraging. Wow. I, I love that. I'm, I'm assuming that some of the tools you're talking about would be things like the three circles tool. Right. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. We'll make sure that we have no place left linked up in the show notes and also your wife's website, nbs2go.com. Com? Is that right? Okay, uh-huh. yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that we have that linked up. I'd like to zoom back a little bit to, to the calling, because you mentioned that, you know, when, when your family came to Christ around age 16 and you started moving in that direction, that God began to call you into ministry. Can you share a little bit with us about how that happened? Yeah, and, you know, what's really interesting, Brian, we see this happening today. As people get a taste of seeing lives change it is intoxicating. It is yeah. so encouraging to know that any person, any normal, everyday person 
could absolutely take these simple tools and God's Word, and if they faithfully will allow Christ to help them to be a fisherman or a fisherwoman of men and women, they will see fruit, fruit mm. that is, as it says in John 15, much fruit and also fruit that remains. And so back when I was a teen, I was challenged when I was around 16 or so, an evangelist came through and said, we want to fill this church up. Mark, how would you, how would you see having a youth night where every single pew would be filled with youth. And I thought, okay, Lord, you're the one who has a heart for my classmates. What would you do? And so the Lord put in my heart and mind a vision of seeing like pew captains, you know, where every pew in our church would be, I'd have a student that would be in charge of that. That's your pew to fill up with people (laughs) from the school. And we had in this little church that we had started going to, we had close to 150, 200 youth. And that day, youth crusades and youth thing were just beginning to be blossoming and, you know, really growing. And the evangelist saw that here's this little junior in high school filling up a church full of kids. Wow, you know, what faith. And he just encouraged me like crazy consider doing this as a lifetime vocation. Mm. So I began the pursuit of deciding which college, which seminary, what, you know, so I could be a youth pastor. But when I got to UGA and University of Georgia and got involved with CREW, I saw, oh my gosh, there are so many different spheres of influence across this campus. I wonder if, like at my high school, when I threw out the net to all my buddies and I found the ones who were interested, I wonder if that would come true in all these different venues and things I was involved in on the college campus. And sure enough, you know, as I went to the, I knew a lot of athletes because I competed in, in high school and I knew the ones from my area of Cobb County that had gotten scholarships. So as I ran into them or I saw them, I just asked them, hey, can we sit down and let me explain to you the change that's happened in my life? And I would mm-hmm. find out who wanted to go forward, who wanted to learn more and begin a study in, for athletes, for fraternity guys, for People in my, and I remember in being a senior and deciding to be in a dorm because this particular dorm didn't have a Bible study in it. And I just went door to door. I just went door to door on every wing and floor that, I, that was near me and just said, hey, I'm starting this study in my dorm room of God's Word, and I would love to invite you to come along. Well, the five, six, seven guys that ended up giving their lives to Christ and growing, we all went into some kind of vocational or volunteer type Christian work. And I said, wow, this works. This really does work. And decided to go on crew staff to do that on the high school level. And then, like I said, you know, the same thing with either your neighborhood or with your workplace or wherever you find yourself, throw that net out there. And so we're seeing men and women that are keeping their jobs But in one case, a guy on my team here in Atlanta who's 27 years old, he has an online gun accessories where he goes through Amazon, and that's providing the income so he can work 20 to 30 hours a week in Mm. ministry. And so we're seeing what some people call bivocational, but we're tending to call it more dual vocational, 
where yeah. if you can find some kind of income that can sustain you rather than having a thousand people in Atlanta raise financial support, which we do have people coming on our team that are doing that. But my goodness, that takes so much time. And there's just enough money and enough Christians to go around, you know, to support our churches. But you start having these hundreds of people start trying to raise their financial support. It's just not plausible if you're going to reach a city. So that's what we're seeing God do is raise up these dual vocational men and women who God is calling into ministry. And we're all ministry full time, Mm. aren't we, Brian? You know, where all of us have been called, but some of us are able to give the 40, 50 hours a week and some can give the 5, 10, 20, whatever it is per week. But we're we're now changing the or, or putting the calling out there to people to consider themselves being dual vocational Christian workers. And we're praying for a thousand to be raised up here in Atlanta. Wow. That that is absolutely incredible. And I appreciate your story, especially. So my, my story is quite a bit different. You you went to UGA and you brought Jesus with you. When I when I was growing up, we heard about all the dangers of going to a state school and, you know, everybody falling away from Christ. So, you know, I, I actually went to a Christian school and I don't, I don't discount the education that I got there, but I appreciate the experience and that you were there because somebody needed to be there. And, and I appreciate your, your, that you're doing that. As you think about your ministry now, you, you mentioned that you, you tend to prefer evangelizing naturally or relationally. Can you share a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah, and as I was meeting last night with a couple, because a lot of times at my gym, I will, I'll go up to and I'll find a way to bridge the gap of just going to the gym and working out for myself and going home. You know, <laughs> what is it that as I before I even walk into the gym, I will walk up and down the sidewalk just like I'm warming up to get ready. I mean, this is I do it in a way that it doesn't look strange, but. <laughs> Just asking God, you know, here, Lord, I'm available, and I'm just asking that you will set me up with people that you've been preparing before time to know you and to become that fourth soil. Now, let me emphasize that, Brian, because like Dave guy that I was telling you about earlier, he is fourth soil. He's that seed that went in and is producing 30, 60, 100-fold. He is not the soil where it produced, they had thorns that came and choked it out due to the cares and worries of this world. He's not the rocky soil that, yeah, hey, I'm excited for a little while, and then you don't see him, or the path where the, it just hits the path and it's gone due to having no soil to have any nourishment. And so that's what I am praying every morning. Luke 10 to says that, that we're asking, praying, believing the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers mm-hmm. into the harvest. And so what, what is what is more natural than to just use the hobby, the interest that you find yourself already in or where you live and so I'll, I'll use that gym time, which is only twice a week. I'm only there an hour and a half twice a week. Mm. But if I could tell you that, no, I mean, I get a chance to share Christ with people every single week, two, three, four people a week, just by going up and bridging and asking, hey, could we sit down sometime and you tell me what the needs and interests are 
for millennials in the area of life outside of work, relationships, work. And I do say the word spiritual, but I Mm. usually go straight to explaining. I'd like to find out where do you get your morals, values, ethics from? What brings meaning, purpose, success, fulfillment to your life? I'd like to know that because we would like to develop some programs or groups that would help meet those needs or interests. So isn't it amazing that that guys will give me their email, cell phone number to say, sure, I don't mind helping you with your research, with your desire to find out more about our generation. And so I'm meeting with a couple last night. When they pulled up, I, he Googled my name to find out that I was with Crew, and he had been involved with Crew at James mm-hmm. Madison University in Virginia. And you know how Atlanta, like most of the large cities in the United States, is drawing people, especially millennials, that have a heart. I mean, have a they're in technology, they're in telecommunications, and these big cities like Atlanta are hubs for all these. Technology companies and telecommunication companies, and even Atlanta is becoming a hub for media and movies and TV sitcoms and everything else. We're soon to surpass even New York and LA. Mm. And so we're drawing these millennials in by the tens of thousands. And so when this couple pulled up, they had Google and found out I was a crew. I noticed he had two kayaks up on his roof. And I said, oh, you guys love the outdoors. Yes, we love the outdoors. So as I began painting a picture for this Christian couple that I met while I'm sowing seeds, she said, I, I need to know how to reach out to my neighbors. They hmm. they haven't even gotten to know each other. And so I just asked my neighbors for to come over and we would have just some little hors d'oeuvres and some drinks and, and get to know each other. And they hadn't, one had been there, they've been there 20 years, another one 10 years, and had never sat down and talked and gotten to know each other. Mm-hmm. And he said, and my heart, Mark, is that, as you can tell, I love the outdoors. I'm at the gym every day, five, at least five out of seven days, and he showed me how I can reach out and use that time while I'm there to also build relationships with other guys. So God is starting to put on our hearts to say, hey, don't just look at your hobbies as something that fulfills you or you have just this tight little Christian group maybe or or same guys you see every time and not do anything about it. Sow seeds broadly. Find out those that God's heart has been, God's been preparing their heart and pull them together in what we call a discovery Bible study, where all the leader does is ask questions of the group, or discipleship, where take the Christians and train them to do the same things you did with them. Wow, that that's good. I I, I love that you're staying connected to the the next generation, if you will, the the millennials and whatever it is that's coming next. I can't keep track of all the generations yeah. anymore. I'm starting to get too old. But, you know, as I think about a ministry history of over 30 years now, I would imagine that you've seen God teach you a lot of things. And I'm wondering, as you remain connected, what has God been showing you over the last year or so? Yeah, I mentioned that fourth soil aspect. Yeah. Every morning at 10.02, I make sure I'm on my knees taking God up on what he asked us to do. Because it's almost like Malachi when he says, I dare you (laughs) to just trust me with giving that I don't open the windows of heaven. John 15 is a lot like that to me. Almost, I dare you to just 
trust me that if you were to draw your life from me like the branch does from the vine, that I will not just pour fruit out through your life. Now, what I have found, and it's, and it's so true, in America, because we have become so secularized in everything we do, you normally have to keep sowing broadly to be able to find that one out of 20, that one out of 50, that one out of 100 that will mm-hmm. go on to be that fourth soil. You know, they're seeing in India and in Africa and China, they're seeing, oh my goodness, t- hundreds, tens of thousands of churches starting and hundreds of thousands of people coming into the kingdom. In America, we're, we're tending to be a lot like Europe in that we are, we're finding a lot of men, especially these millennials who you just got through mentioning. I, I would bet that eight out of 10 I sit down with are from broken homes. Mm. It's crazy. I mean, to be that high a percentage, but you've got a generation who literally, and I think the new statistic is only 4% of their generation are attending anything spiritual, religious at all. Mm. And then Gen X is about 15%. Our, my generation, the boomers, is 45%. And my parents' generation is 65%. So when I present that to millennials and say, then where are you getting, if it's not from a biblical church basis, which our country has been founded and raised on, if it's not from the church or religion or Bible or what, where are you finding it? And they say, it's from my culture. Mm. That my culture is what is speaking to me and telling me this is the norm or this is how you should live and on and on. And, and I said, give me some messages from your culture. And, and really, invariably, they'll smile and they'll admit, you know, it's not a very good message. But if it feels good, do it. I remember even hearing this back in the 60s and 70s. But it is, it is a heyday now that it's justified no matter what the end result is, if the means are to make you happy, then you're justified in doing it, whether that's smoking marijuana every day, whether that's Mm. doing Tinder, which is for some of my generation, don't even know what that is, but an app where you can, they call it hooking up with someone just for the evening or just for an hour and having sex with somebody you don't even hardly know, period. But my generation does not know how rampant that is. That is the key way that a lot of guys or girls find a way to get to know people is just by using their bodies and their looks. And so it is a desperate situation our country is in because as the generations go younger, it is, it is more rampant the generations as you go downward where college has just become a simple hookup, like by the, you know, tens or hundreds, you know, in a year. So my heart, my passion is, of course, that if God does not pour his spirit out on our nation, if we do not see hearts turning to him by the hundreds of thousands, we are in a desperate place in our country. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's heavy. I, I mean, there's a lot going on for sure. Is there, so as, as we're kind of drawing this to a close, I'm just wondering, how can we best pray for you? You've got a lot in front of you. There's a lot that God's doing, but how can we best pray for you? Well, I think, you know, we've developed a citywide team now. We're finding individuals whose hearts are like ours. They're desperate to see people come to know 
Christ and coming to the kingdom. I'm working with some very large churches in Atlanta who are actually starting to apply these no place left principles mm. that you can find on that website that you said you're going to connect, noplaceleft.net. They're willing to actually take their people and go out to apartment complexes and neighborhoods and knock on doors, you know, which is a almost, you know, forgotten way of reaching people. But but that's where we've come to it. Whatever it takes, Lord, show us what to do as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Then just asking people to try to come into our buildings, which almost every major denomination is experiencing a downward spiral in the number of people attending our churches and our budgets are having to be decreased because people are not giving as much. And so we've got to do something different. We have to go where people are. We can't continue to say, come to my church or come even to my Bible study. We've got to be willing to go to them, meet them on their terms, where they're at. And so that, that requires quite a bit of sacrifice. I've been out the last three nights just meeting with couples and, you know, just say goodbye to my wife when I could be easily sitting in front of the TV, which most Americans do every single night. It, that takes sacrifice. It takes yeah. the willingness. That's a pretty long day of being with people, going out there and being engaged with people. So just pray for perseverance, but also to not give up on seeing the church, the larger body of Christ, mobilized mm -hmm. and showing them how and taking them and our team in Atlanta, being able to encourage the rest of the people who are involved with us and not giving up not giving up. And and now let's take that one step further, because you've had our ear for the last 35 minutes or so. You've been sharing your heart. If somebody's connecting with what you're sharing, what would you challenge us to do in the next seven days? Yeah, I think it starts with prayer first, listening prayer, just to sit mm -hmm. down with your pad and pen and just say, God, I want to hear from you. So Lord, I know it's your heart that I Number one, get my own heart right, where if there's any stubbornness, if there's any laziness, if I'm asleep and not recognizing that people that are going by me every day are going to spend an eternity, and get that word in your head, eternity separated from God, Lord, show me, give me a passion for those people. Who are they? And just allow God to give you names and people that you come in contact with regularly. And you may not even know their name, but it's that girl at the dry cleaners, that woman who does my nails. It's that guy that I work out next to or is in the next cubicle and or that live in neighborhood, that people who are right around me. And begin to pray for those people, whether that list is 5, 10, 20, 50 names of people. God, would you put on my heart how to reach those people. Mark's given me a website and both reaching my neighbors through MBS to go, reaching the people I know through noplaceleft.net. God, as I go to that website, as I look at those tools and as I find out where a training would be near why, where I live or work, Lord, give me the desire to do whatever it takes to see people come into your kingdom grow in you and become reproducing, multiplying disciples and house churches, whatever you want to call them. But Lord, do whatever it takes in my heart first 
so that I'm willing to take the next steps to reach those around me. Wow, really powerful stuff. And for those of you listening, I would like to encourage you to do that. Take a minute to pray for Mark and the things that he mentioned, and then also pray about this and begin to listen to the Holy Spirit as he guides you. Do exactly what he said. Take a minute to do that now. I know from my experience, it's really easy to blow past this and forget to do it. Think I'll come back to it later. Take a minute and just pause this and go ahead and do that. Now, Mark, I I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This has been an incredibly delightful time for me. I've learned a lot from you. I'm encouraged and challenged both by your passion and what God's been doing in your life. So thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. Thanks so much for asking me, Brian. It's my pleasure. In just a minute, I'm going to have for you a flurry of feedback. But before I do that, I have a podcast recommendation for you and something else for you to check out. Today's podcast recommendation brought to you by missionalaudio.com is the Story for All podcast. You can find that at Story for All, that's story, the number four, and the word all. This is by Brian Thompson. He's a Bible storyteller. He uses the Bible to reach people for the gospel, and he offers seminars and trainings and opportunities globally to help the body of Christ, to help Christians better engage people with the gospel. And this is not just an evangelistic tool, although it can certainly be that. It's also a way that we can more deeply connect with God's Word in the Bible by listening to the stories and understanding them. It's a great podcast. This podcast that he's that I'm talking about isn't so much about the teaching part of it as it is stories about what happens when these when these trainings happen and what happens when people encounter God's Word in this way. It's a really great podcast. Visit Missional Audio for a link to get there. And then also, I wanted to mention, and I know I sent an email out about this, but not everybody's necessarily subscribed to the email list. I was recently a guest on another podcast. It's not at all a faith-based podcast. It's actually about podcasting called The Podcaster's Life. I had a great time. The The host, Alexander, was incredibly gracious. It was a wonderful conversation, and I thought it was a, a great time. You might want to check that out. Visit the show notes to find a link to that, and you will find the show notes for this week's episode at Engage missions.com slash Mark McGoldrick. I would really appreciate it if you'd check that out. And if you liked it, make sure that you maybe share it or tweet it and perhaps let Alexander know that you appreciated what, what we talked about. And also, I would like to encourage you one more time just to take a second to share it on social media as a way to say thank you to Alexander for the opportunity to be on the show. I really appreciate it. It was great to connect with him, and I enjoy building these relationships. That's one of the things that's come out of this show is the opportunity to to build relationships with other podcasters. And this is one of the ways that I can say thank you to him is to ask you to take a minute to share it. So I'd really appreciate it if you'd do that. And now for the flurry of feedback. It's possible you've been sitting here thinking to yourself for quite some time now, what exactly is a flurry of feedback? And I'm going to share that with you. Recently, I got some feedback, and getting feedback can be a bit of a dangerous thing. It can lead you to think more highly of yourself than you ought, or perhaps it can make you think that you're really not good at anything. But I went actually seeking feedback, and I was looking for some feedback about some specific things, some opportunities to improve the show. And I did get some feedback. Some of it was good. 
Some of it was not so good. And I'm going to share it with you here. Not so much because I'm asking you to make me feel good about anything or to tell me everything's perfect or anything like that. I'm sharing it because I'm hoping it will start a conversation where we can come up with a way for me to continue improving the show so that it can be better for you. Now, the feedback that I got, some of it I asked for and some of it I didn't. And it can come in a, a number of different forms. One of the ways I got some feedback recently is I, I watch download numbers for the show because I want to know if it's if it's striking a chord and if people are getting something from it. And the assumption is if they do, then they'll keep downloading and my downloads will increase. And I had some pretty good days for downloads for this show. So that, that made me f- feel good. That made me feel encouraged. I also got some feedback from one of my guests. Every time I have a guest on the show, I ask them, hey, you know, is there anything I could do better? Or, you know, what, what did you like about our interactions? And I got some positive feedback about that. And so I appreciated that. I also got some feedback from the Holy Spirit that wasn't so much directly tied to the show, but it was one of those places where he kind of called me up short and said, hey, you know, you might want to think and maybe put a guard on your mouth, so to speak, scripturally speaking, or think about something before you type it, because I had unintentionally said some things that might be taken the wrong way. It wasn't intended that way, but I just needed to be more careful. And so that's feedback that wasn't so comfortable, wasn't necessarily asked for, but it's good feedback. I also got some feedback that I did ask for, and specifically, I I asked a few people that I don't even know to give me some feedback about the show. One of them was a podcast coach, and then a couple of the others were were not. And, you know, they had some some good some good feedback, some things that were comfortable. And I'll share a little bit about that with you because it wasn't all negative. Things like the the show sounded pretty good, that it had a nice pacing. It was well organized. I paid good attention to the guests. That made me feel pretty good. The The overall feel of the show was generally up. So those were the, some of the things that they said were good, but they also had some things that they suggested changing. And this is where things come in because they're not necessarily the people that are going to be subscribed to the show. Yes, they provided some feedback, but they're not you. And so I'd like to hear from you. And this is just intended to start the conversation about some of the things that they suggested I might consider changing about the show. So one of them was that they said, maybe you talk about yourself a little bit too much. You interject a little bit too much of yourself in the show. They they said things like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't talk quite so much about God. No, I'm not going to change that one. Sorry about that. But they also said, you know, you maybe use a little bit of too much of what I'll call Jesus jargon. So things like talking about Holy Spirit or body of Christ or the word of God or, you know, things that could be considered jargon. And you know, maybe I do. So I'm asking, do I use too much Jesus jargon? One of the other pieces of feedback was that the guest's audio wasn't all that great. In fact, it was actually really hard to understand and not all that great. It was actually a little bit nice. It, w- it was not good. And so they they provided that piece of feedback. They also said, you know what, your, your music's a little bit too loud. We can't hear your voice. So that's another piece of feedback. They also said that sometimes it felt a little bit more like a guided monologue than an actual interview. So I would ask a question and the guests would answer for a long time. And there was really no interruption. There was no real adversarial or difficult questions being asked. And so it didn't feel like maybe we were getting to the real meat of the the situation. They also said that perhaps it could have been live streamed for better audience interaction. And they said, you know what, maybe you need to lighten the mood. It's a little bit too serious. So here's what I'm asking of you. 
These are some of the things that they've mentioned. Perhaps they speak to you. Maybe some of them struck you completely wrong. Maybe they struck you right. Maybe there's something else that you're going, you know what, I wish you'd do more of that or less of that, something like that. So I'm asking for your feedback. And I've got two ways that you can do that. If you're on the show notes page, both of these will be on the show notes page. If you're listening in a podcast app, you can just usually tap the the art and look at the show notes right there. There are going to be two links for you. One is going to be a link to SpeakPipe. That's a way that you can leave me a voicemail. If you just want to leave a message and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about in terms of feedback, good, bad, indifferent, whatever you'd like to leave. You can just do that right there. I also have a really quick survey, if you'd like to fill that out, that goes through some of the things that were suggested changing and gives you the option to say, yeah, you should change this, eh, leave it the same, or you know what, I they may have provided this as negative feedback, but I wish you would do more of this. So I'm, I'm going to give those to you as options. And I would ask you just right now, go ahead and pause this recording and take a minute to do that. It shouldn't take all that long, but I would love to hear from you because what I don't want to do is change something that you like. And I don't want to make a show that serves people that aren't actually part of the audience. I appreciate their feedback. I appreciate that this gets the conversation started, but now I'm asking you to join in the conversation. So tap that podcast art and click those links. Or if you're on the show notes page listening there, then go ahead and click those links and provide that feedback, either voice feedback or feedback in the form of a survey. I would love to hear from you. I'd really really appreciate your feedback. Well, I have to tell you, I have really enjoyed this. I thought it was a great episode. We got to hear from Mark McGoldrick about what God's been doing in his life over the years, how God's redeemed so many things, and how God is using a nutrition store, among other things, to reach Atlanta for the gospel. I had a podcast recommendation for you, the Story for All podcast. You can find a link to that at missionalaudio.com. I also talked about a podcast that I was on, the podcaster's life. And I, I would like to encourage you one last time to check that out. And if you have a chance, say hi to Alexander Lauren, just to let him know that you appreciate that opportunity. I also had the flurry of feedback, looking for your feedback on that, because I do want to make a show that really meets your needs and is quality. I want to say my thanks to you for being here, to Mark McGoldrick for taking the time to be with us. He got up early in the morning, so I want to thank him for doing that. For Jeff and Gabby, thanks for the work that you do to make this show possible. Show notes for this week's episode are available at engagingmissions.com slash Mark McGoldrick. That's M-A-R-K-M-C-G-O-L-D-R-I-C-K. Engagingmissions.com slash Mark McGoldrick. That's where you're going to find ways to connect with our guests and also find links to valuable resources, including all the things I just mentioned. Make sure that you come back next week. We'll be hearing from Kevin Moore about how God walked him through a difficult season and is now using him to provide healing to other pastors and ministers who have been hurt. While this ministry is primarily focused on pastors for him, it's an important topic for missionaries and church planters as well. I think it's something that we need to continue to talk about. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe to make sure that you don't miss that. And if you found this valuable, please help us spread the word. You might be the person that God uses to create a connection, deepen a relationship, or provide Provide valuable resources as you sow into his kingdom. Maybe just shoot an email or share a link on social media. Help find a way that somebody that could use this can connect with this. And I want to just say one last thing to you because I appreciate you. You matter. What you're doing in life matters. Don't back down from God's call. If he's called you to something, continue in that in his strength. That's my encouragement to you for this week. Thanks so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. 
You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.